Hello everyone, and welcome to another beer review. Now, this is a take two, because I really don't know whether the, the first take actually worked out very well, because it looked kind of slightly hazy, to coin a, a modern beer terminology. And then I kind of cleaned everything, all the lenses and that, for my second review that I did straight after it, and everything was all beautifully clear. And this I actually thought it was my glasses. I thought my glasses, so I cleaned my glasses, I thought maybe my glasses are a bit smudged. And then when I cleaned the lens for the second one, just out of, just per chance, just to see, and then everything was all nice and clear, I'm thinking, oh, bollocks. Looks like I might have screwed up the first one. So this is take two, and the beer we're doing today is a keg. Mm -hmm. And it's Kronbacher. There you go. So it's a Pilsner. It's, uh, what's the percentage you get? It's 5 litres, 4.8%. I've already pre-poured. Nice and clear. There you go, all these wonderful facial expressions that I use from my Instagram posts. So yes, so I said to go for a keg. Because um, they were on sale basically, that, that's what it really without it. But it also kind of, funnily enough, tied into a bit of news that's been going on in the beer kind of world. Which is a bit, a bit unusual and it made a bit of headlines. Now this is roughly about the end in the last few days of February. So the week before... I was reading about what was happening, because I do do that. I'm sad enough that I sit there when I'm in the toilet and I'm going through reading about what's happening in the beer world. <sighs> Things I do to get out of conversations with the wife. But anyway, this type of keg is known as a Heineken pressure keg. Now, what I've noticed is that certain... Uh, Heineken products come in this keg and uh, other companies choose to use this type of keg through Heineken to put their own product in. The Kronbacher as a good example is Kronbacher is probably well not probably is Germany's biggest kind of private brewing kind of uh, business. So it's the Germany's biggest private brewery, basically, and uh, it's kind of family run and owned, but they also have affiliations with Heineken, hence why they put their product under license. Now, it is their product, it's not as if it's been made by Heineken and their breweries, it's made by Kronbacher in their own breweries, and then they put it in this pressurised Heineken keg to basically offer a certain kind of drinking experience to their punters. Now, the reason which this is tied in quite nicely is that last week, Heineken as a company got a new investor. And that new investor was Bill Gates. So Bill Gates bought $850 million worth of Heineken shares. Now, what happened was, apparently, a 
kind of few months before. It was I think it was just before Christmas, around about November time, going into December, that uh, a previous investor, which was a kind of a Mexican consortium, sold off their shares, and that was 18 million shares they sold off. And Mr. Gates, Bill, Mill Billy Boy Gates, he basically bought 10,500,000 or 10.5 million shares. So he did, at the cost of $850 million. Now, the bit of a strange thing is, I know he's a bit of a kind of entrepreneur now and a philanthropist and everything else and all that type of stuff. And he could be something else if you believe the rumours about him and uh, a certain Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. But, avoiding that kind of scenario and obviously the rumours spread by his ex-wife, um, he admits himself he's not really a big beer drinker and he's not a big lover of beer. In fact... He really only kind of drinks beer when he's invited to certain kind of uh, sporting events where everybody else is kind of drinking beer and he just drinks Bud Light just so he can kind of fit in with the kind of surroundings. So he doesn't really drink beer and when he does drink beer it's usually kind of for, how would you say, uh, visual purposes and he drinks uh, Bud Light. So he's going to love Heineken. Although Heineken and their products, I'll be totally honest, are not like Bud Light, but they do sound very similar to Bud Light. If I were describing Heineken products, especially Heineken beer in itself, the word I would use does, like, does basically rhyme with the word light. So yes, mm. so I don't know what that actually means for the future. I honestly really don't know, but um, at the end of the day, I think that type of investor isn't going to make Heineken any better with the products and improve their products and their kind of uh, attitude towards the kind of beer world and the customers. But is that a precursor for maybe something bigger coming in from Bill Gates? Maybe he's bought this and then he maybe might take more? I know he's been buying up a lot of um, farmland in America, huge amounts of farmland in America. And I don't know whether this is kind of more kind of uh, livestock land or is it more kind of uh, crop-based agricultural land. I honestly really don't know. And But maybe he's looking to kind of uh, bring the two together and kind of, go after some of the other bigger kind of conglomerates well, on the kind of the American side of the market. I honestly really don't know. There could be something brewing. Pardon the pun. There could be something brewing in there or it could just be just an isolated, he's just a philanthropist and an investor. And it's just because um, certain beer or certain breweries, their beer sales have actually increased. So maybe it's on the basis of that that they're actually he's investing on it because there's a possible return on his investment so it may be just as simple as that I honestly don't know but at the end of the day 
850 million, basically almost a billion dollars. There's a bit of a speculation in anybody's book. I mean, at the end of the day, you've never basically invested in the kind of uh, brewing industry. You'd maybe kind of, you know, dip your toe in the water just to see what it's like, rather than thinking, well, bugger it, but almost a billion in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? You know, that type of thing. So that's what makes me think that potentially there could be something afoot that might be kind of uh, materialised over the next kind of 12 months, 18 months, I don't know. We'll have to see. But at the end of the day, I just think it's quite dubious that somebody who doesn't really drink beer, that's never invested in kind of beers and breweries, suddenly invests all that amount of money. So I think watch this space. I might be completely wrong, but I could be hitting the nail right in the head. There you go, eh? And I don't sit in the fence. But anyway, let's get back to the old Crombacher. But I thought it was quite a nice kind of uh, connection because of uh, the use of the Heineken kegs and things like that. So, what does this smell of? Grain, light malt, slightly what we call, it's a bit of a strange, what I kind of call kind of like, salsa or the kind of tomato sauce that you get in baked beans, Heinz baked beans. So slightly kind of acidic kind of sensation you're getting of kind of like tomatoes or tomato sauce type scenario. And it is that kind of slightly acidity that you get with that, which means there's going to be probably a little bit of dryness in the back end, as they say. So let's see what it tastes like. Well, first thing I would say, it's going to be easy to drink. Now, I haven't done a keg for a while. Now, I don't know whether people really buy kegs or not. I mean, I buy it because I've got a beer machine, and I know a lot of people buy the kind of uh, the perfect draft system, which is really half to. I mean, I think I've always explained previously what I'm into doing with uh, my beer machine that I use it for my home brews to allow me to kind of uh, add CO2 and carbonate my, my, my attempts at brewing. But also I can use lots of other different kind of kegs. I mean, I bought this as part of a deal. There was, doing a, there was a flash sale they were doing, so that's why it came up on me through email and I thought, right, let's see what they've got. And there was a couple in the flash sale. So I bought a Paulina Hellas keg. I thought that's quite nice. And then I had a choice between this and a vice beer. And I thought, I'm just, just the way the weather is, it's still in February and everything. I just don't really want a vice beer. I just, no, I just wasn't in the mood. And I thought, right, I'll go for the Pilsner. And there you go. And it is that. But the Two different types of kegs. One's a Heineken keg and one's a kind of a, a standard five litre kind of, you know, twisted bit at the top and just a little tap down the bottle. Which means I've got to use a, a, a carbon canister, a CO2 canister with it, which is fine because this beer machine can come up with so many different types of kegs. This one doesn't need it because this is a pre-pressurised keg. You can always tell with the type of handle and you can see what the top is, you see. Whereas... The other one that I'll do is a review later on. Um, it's designed to come out from the bottom, but of course if I use pressurising, then it will basically pressurise it and bring it up from the top. 
and of course I can also adjust the amount of pressurization so I can actually change the kind of uh, carbonation of the beer and everything else so that's why I like this type of beer machine and I've told you about it before anyway you're probably sick of listening to it shut the fuck up you know you're an asshole we've heard it before but yes and of course I don't think many people probably buy the kegs as much because of unless you've got a beer machine then they probably think there's no real reason to and I can understand because with the kegs outside the machine then you've got to have it in the fridge and really you've got to kind of drink it on the same day or you've got to keep putting it back in the fridge and things like that and, and how long does it last once you've actually broken the seal on it and it's back and forth into the fridge if you're spreading it over a few days and all this kind of stuff and I know it's a case as though you've got to drink within 30 days of this pressurised one and a bit of a faff whereas we'll buy a bottle or a can well I can have it sitting about for a good few months before I can get wired into it and there's no issue or a problem so I can understand that but I just like to do it because it gives me a slightly different drinking experience and uh, one of my bugbears is that I put some beers in the fridge and then you come back and from work you think, oh, fancy a couple of beers. And I know, I know which ones I'm going to go for because they're in the fridge, been cooling all day, they'll be lovely. Because sometimes I'll just do that in the morning, put them in, and they're ready for me when I come in from work. Great, fabulous. Then the wife's been away shopping in the supermarket and something else has been on bloody sale or there's been a bargain. She's been bloody mental about a load of it. And then decided I'm going to try and basically squeeze it into the fridge you think I can't get it all in the fridge what am I going to do I'm going to take his bloody beer out for a start and then you come back in from work you're thinking oh nice cool beer Lincoln. where's my beer oh, I had to take it out to get this in arsehole you know so it's that type of scenario so that's another thing I quite like about it is like I like coming home from work to pour myself a nice week in a draft pint from that point of view and it can't be affected by the wife, although she still moans about the noise of it, the cooling noise. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's right next to me. It's just over there, and uh, it annoys her. Now, this is where she sits usually. So where I'm sitting is where she usually sits when she's doing her bits and bobs. So if you can't hear it on the video, then God knows what she's moaning about, but it annoys her when this is on. So she, she loves it when I finish it. Have you finished that keg yet? Now drink the bloody thing so you can finish the cake so you can go whoop, and she can switch the power button off and then she doesn't get this noise of the chilling because apparently it drives up the wall. Surprised I'm not buying kegs every day. But anyway, <laughs> this is what happens. So yes, you get, for me you get a slightly different drinking experience and uh, I quite enjoy it as we treat. Other people might not be interested and I can understand that. And me think, well, I prefer bottles and cans. Well, that, that's fine. I can understand that. And there is a benefit from that. But you get a slightly different experience when you're in the keg. And depending on the type of keg, this is pre-pressure, I think I've said, so I can't really adjust anything or change anything in it. But with the Polina kind of... Uh, uh, Hellas keg, I can chop and change I have a bit more control over it so I can do what I want with it from that point of view so that makes it a bit more interesting and it's just, it just, it just a nice thing that's got 
I think just that effect of just kind of the, the draft kind of poor type of thing. I know it's probably a bit of kidology to a certain degree, but it's just a nice, you know, it's, there's something nice about it. There's nothing better than when you go into the pub and you're just watching the bar and pouring your first pint, you think, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. You know, that type of scenario. And there is that bit of kind of theatre to it. And it's all part of it. And uh, I'm never going to turn around and say that there isn't a slight kind of element of theatre to drinking beer. There has to be. I mean, it's not just the beer, it's the whole kind of experience that brings it all together. We all have different experiences. So yes, and you may have noticed the difference, because that's a chiller just gone off now, because it's now down at 5, five degrees C. But yeah, this beer, it's actually quite nice. So let's break down the flavours of the Krombacher Pilsner. Now, before I break it down, I want it to be known, if it hasn't been already, that with the kind of lighter beer, especially kind of lagers and pilsners, they're not my usual favourite beer. Not because I don't like them, it's because I find a majority of them quite bland. And that's the problem. I get bored with them. I mean, I've got to admit, even if it's a bland one, that's fine. Hot summer's day, right, fine. Sink a glass of it. Go to the second one and get halfway down thinking, I'm sick of this already. I'm cool now. So the refreshment side of it's gone. This is just boring and flavour-wise. But there is obviously exceptions to that. Um, there's a Pilsner Arkell from the Czech Republic, which is a nice Pilsner that I quite like, and uh, it's got some nice flavours to it. Um, Kozel, I don't mind Kozel. Um, from that point of view, as, as a light beer, although I do prefer the, the Kozel Dark. Out of the two, I do prefer this Kozl Dark. So, uh, as I used to say in, in Russia, I was like, Kozl, Chomny, Pajalsta, Nolpiat. From that point of view, which is half a litre, or the Kozl Dark, because Chomny's the dark in Russian. And uh, Setli is basically the kind of light version of the kind of. So, I would take the light stuff if it was there, but if I had the choice of the light or the dark, I'd go with the dark. Um, but yes, I don't think Coles never really made it over to the UK, which is a bit strange because it's a very nice beer. But what I find is if we're talking about the kind of Czech Pilsners compared to the German Pilsners, the German Pilsners are kind of slightly lacking in flavour compared to the, the Czech ones. And you usually get a, a stronger kind of bitter finish on the Czech ones. You'll get more of a drier finish on the German ones. So... Let's see what the flavours are on this one. Right, we start off with a nice, nice light pale sweetness in the front of the mouth with grain. So you've got the grain there and there's a nice kind of pale malty sweetness there. But it's a light malty sweetness. So don't think it's the case as though it's a, a sickeningly sweet beer. Trust me, if it was, I would be ripping it to shreds because that's not my cup of tea. 
but there was a light kind of sweetness there. There was a grainness there. And then when it moves on to the kind of mid-tongue, the grain kind of ramps up a little bit more in your mid-tongue. And the kind of multi-sweetness just slightly dies down, but it's still there. It runs from front to back, from basically front of the mouth, mid-tongue, aftertaste. It's there all the way through. But it just slightly kind of dies down in the mid-tongue and just continues on from there. But the grain's kind of ramped up a little bit in the mid-tongue. But what you are getting is just slight little light accents of bitterness. It's almost like a precursor, like a pre-warning, a foreboding of what's going to be happening in the aftertaste. And you are just getting this ever so slight light kind of uh, bitterness. But the predominant flavour in the mid-tongue is the grain but just near the end of the mid-tongue just before it starts to go into the aftertaste you just get ever so slightly kind of what I, I've said before is a, a kind of slightly salsa flavours so you just get that little touch of acidity basically just a little hint of it and then it moves on to the aftertaste and then with the aftertaste is a little hint of these accents of bitterness there and it's quite interesting because once you swallowed they just get these little hints still sitting in the back of the mouth just right at the back of the tongue so you've got this little dryness coming in this little slight acidity coming in in the aftertaste which i call the kind of slightly salsa effect the grain slightly to kind of start to dissipate the sweetness is there, but again, it's starting to dissipate. But the grain's starting to kind of go from there and dissipate. And this is, of course, ever so slightly and slower. The sweetness is kind of dissipating in the aftertaste. But you've also got this slight dryness coming in, this slight kind of, slight kind of salsa effect, as I call it. It's my best way of describing it. But while that's happening, you still have this little kind of accents of bitterness and it just makes it a little bit more interesting and just a bit more of a nicer finish, to be totally honest. And it is a nice beer, to be totally honest. I know there's lots of probably people out there that aren't a big fan of German beers. I know there's a few viewers that aren't a big fan of German beers. But I'll be totally honest, if I was comparing the German Pilsners to the Czech Pilsners, I would choose Czech Pilsners almost every time unless it was Budweiser Budvar, which is just, it used to be good, it's absolutely shit now, it really is. And I'm saying good from, it was a good average Czech beer. It wasn't a good Czech beer, it was a good average Czech beer, but it's absolute piss water right now. And I wouldn't even entertain it. I could get, I could have got this. I could have got Budweiser, Budvar, and this. And I'll be totally honest, not interested because it's just money down the drain. Because I know what it's going to be like. It's just going to be piss. Because it's dreadful now, absolutely dreadful. It was palatable. It was fine. It was okay. It was middle of the road previously, but it's just piss now. The problem is with some of the German 
Pilsners that I find is that they can be a bit too wheatish. So it's like, you know, the brewery does a, a good vice beer and then they do a Pilsner and it's almost like a bit of a crossover. You can taste the accents of the vice beer and the Pilsner and you're thinking, what the hell is that going on about? And that sometimes puts me off some of the German Pilsners is because that I'm getting accents of vice beer in the bloody thing. You're thinking, what, have you not been cleaning out your bloody tubes or whatever? You know what I mean? Your pipes are dirty. And it's not, I think, as a case as though they add a little bit in to the recipes to obviously kind of uh, increase production yield and everything else. So, I mean, it's the end of the day, it's a business. So if you can actually adjust your yields so you can get more product for what you're buying, then, yeah, and... Maybe a, a bigger variety or more of a variety of beers, then why not? I, I can understand that, but from a drinking point of view, you're thinking, well, if I want a vice beer, I'll drink a vice beer. What I don't want is buy a pills and get hints of bloody vice beer on it. Not my cup of tea. I don't get that with Czech pills, but I've had that quite a few times with German pills. But this one doesn't have it. It doesn't have that kind of vice beer kind of accent, which is quite nice. And overall, it's actually quite a nice beer. I would recommend it. I don't know what it's like in the glass and can compared to the keg. I know that the, the drinking experience from the keg can be a bit different. I've, I've tried it, I've compared the keg to bottles and cans before of different beers and it's almost like a different beer to a certain degree. So it is. But with this one, yeah, I like it. It's quite a nice beer and I would recommend it. I would like to try it to see what it's like in the, the can or the bottle just to see if it's kind of the same but this keg here is roughly about 23 quid in the sale, which isn't bad. And I think I bought two of them there and uh, they were well under 50 quid with free delivery. Now, they might not be free delivery, they may be already preloaded, the kind of individual keg prices to include delivery and then they say it's free delivery and it's just a bit of a con. I'm not that daft. Potentially, yes, I can believe that happening. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at the types of kegs that people are buying, a six litre keg for 35 quid on average for the, for the kind of uh, Phillips Perfect Draft, and I'm paying 23 quid free delivery for a five litre keg. I'm doing not too bad actually. It's working out a heck of a lot cheaper. Because I think even then you get five quid back on the keg, so is the case. So you're still 30 quid compared to so that's still seven quid more what for an extra litre. So you're talking about for the extra five hundred mil kind of equivalent of a bottle, you'd be paying three pounds fifty. So from that point of view, these type of prices are better if you compare it within the keg wall. Might not be so great if you compare it to bottles and cans, but I do have a caveat in that because I will explain this more when I'm actually doing the beer review, but I was trying to get hold of a certain beer and I eventually had to buy it from the brewery. 
because I couldn't get it down here, so I bought it from the brewery online, and they were charging almost £9 for the delivery. I bought eight bottles. I had to buy eight bottles, but it was £10 for the eight bottles, and this is a low-alcohol beer, but they charged me almost £9 delivery. So they charged me more than a pound a bottle to deliver the bloody stuff. So, and it's amazing how all these online beer suppliers can provide free delivery and the prices are normal whereas the breweries sell their beers at a kind of normal average price but then add a ridiculous price for delivery it's almost as if they're profiteering so you've got to look at it that way if I'm buying things this was delivered to me and if I bought the equivalent amount of beer in here, well, between the two kegs from my brewery, I'd be paying a hell of a lot bloody more. That's the problem. So there you go. So if I'm buying from my brewery, it's not such a great uh, deal buying in bottles or cans or even kegs, to be totally honest. So yeah, out of 10, what would I give this? Be quite nice, and I could quite drink this. I mean, I'd, I'd like to get a couple of kegs for this in the summer. Nice hot summer's day. Get a couple of these kegs in, in reserve. I'd really be quite happy. So, out of that, I'm going to give it five. Being box standard average, I'm going to give this six and a half because it's in the keg. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. If I can get a similar drinking experience for this beer out of a can or a bottle, which I will try, then I would give it a 7. If it's basically from a bottle, a similar kind of experience flavour-wise, everything else, chilled down nicely, then I'll give it a 7. But because maybe people don't drink the keg so much and they wouldn't probably pay this price for kegs, then... I'm going to give it a six and a half. So, thanks for watching. Cheers. And bye for now.